Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Hate is uh, demonstrated when one spouse sacrifices while the other goes to school or builds a career only to then abandon their spouse, leaving them forsaken, in debt, and emotionally fragile. That can bring on hate. You, you put that joker through school, or you put her through school, and all of a sudden she falls in love in, us in the senior year and prance on off with somebody else. Number two, hate often comes into the heart when one loans out money and has not been repaid, and the person who owes you avoids you. You know, just let it go. Just let it go, let it go. You know, they, they owe me $500. Listen, I wouldn't let $500 keep me in bondage for 10 years. <laughs> okay. Thirdly, hate often emerges between siblings when parents favor a particular child over another. That brings on hate. Number four, uh, hate often comes into the heart when one is not included in the will or receives less than expected after the death of a family member. It's a sad thing when siblings fight over mama's or daddy's estate. And they fight and they won't speak and they'll die at odds with one another. You know, and if you got a life and God is providing for you, if you don't get what is yours, you need to just move on and realize God will take care of you. <laughs> God will take care of you. You know, just, you know, it's, I, don't let these folk mama stuff and dress her. And so, you don't have a place to put all that stuff no way. You get the dresser, you get the bed, you get the couch, and then you get all that stuff. You got a house full of furniture. What are you going to put? Then you got to go get, then you got to go pay for a storage and some insurance on the storage. You should have just gone and let them have it. <laughs> I'm not hardly through with this message. Believers struggle with hate because they've entered into a relationship with someone who derailed them from God's purpose. You just had to have that woman. You had to have that man. And they put, took you out of the will of God, derailed, derailed you from God's purpose, resulting in their life taking a downward spiral from which they have not yet recovered. 20 years later, you, you tied yourself into a relationship that was demonic and it messed your life up to this day and you mad at that person that messed your life up but you know it's not all their fault now you didn't have to enter into that relationship so you bear some responsibility they didn't handcuff you and say you coming with me you're not in the stone age where they pulling your hair dragging you with some club <laughs> Number six, hatred is displayed 
when there is a bitter custody battle or an ugly divorce. If the parties involved do not earnestly pray, examine their own hearts, and seek forgiveness, they will have hatred for those who manipulate, deceive, and have a controlling spirit to gain personal advantage on you. The divorce, I mean, some people have been divorced 10, 15 years and just as mad as that person they divorced. I mean, they hate, you got, you got some husbands and wives that are married now, they hate one another. You, you married, I don't like him, no, you hate him. Can't stand a man, can't stand a woman. And you married to him. That's why you need to be slower, it's better than fast. And the, and the grass is not always greener on the other side. When you get to the other side, you find out it's not even grass, it's astroturf. <laughs> Number seven. Another symptom of hate is when nothing good comes to mind when you think about a particular person. When their name is mentioned, you find it difficult to compliment them encourage and build them up you can't pray for them you find it difficult to rejoice when they rejoice as a matter of fact you may even gloat over their times of hardships and struggles sometimes you say you dislike them but the truth of the matter is you hate them number eight some hate themselves some folk hate themselves which sometimes leads to self-murder many may hate the way they look, they hate their career, their circumstances, the decisions they've made in life, they hate their weight, well, just lose some. Be disciplined. They hate life injustices. I mean, we see the injustices all around. Let me tell you, they're gonna be injustice until Jesus comes. And then some of you have a lot of hate welled up in you, because you've been rejected, rejected, rejected. Every time you think you got a decent relationship going on, rejected. You've been hurt by, your, by a friend. You've been hurt by a, a leader in the church. You've been hurt by your sister. been hurt by your parents. You've been hurt by your coworker. You didn't get the job you thought you were going to get. You didn't get the, the raise you thought you were going to get. And you just get rejected and rejected. And you just tired. you tired. you just absolutely tired of rejection, which can lead to suicide. But you're not alone. Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by siblings before the resurrection. They disowned him. They mocked him, ridiculed him. He was rejected by the religious leaders. He came to save his own. His own received him not. All through Jesus' life, he faced rejection. You're in good company. I've been rejected. I wish I could just stand here and talk about a few of my rejections. You'd be startled. Startled. You don't live this life and not have rejections. There's some pastors that don't like me, but I don't care. There's some people that don't like me. I don't care. I know who I am and whose I am. You care. I'm going to love them the same, and I just move on. And I'm not going to hold, put myself hostage, holding myself, I'm not going to hold myself hostage over folk who've rejected me because of this and because of that. At the end of the day, I ultimately answer to God. Some folk 
uh, experience so much rejection until they end up becoming suicidal. And then many believers are often overcome by hate when they feel there is an atrocious injustice that is obviously wrong and the perpetrator gets only a slap on the wrist or is not held accountable at all instead of receiving the appropriate penalty. I want to tell you something. You listen to this bald-haired black preacher real good. Do not expect justice from sinners who have no regard for the law of God. People are sinners. They're depraved. They're lost. How do you get justice from lost folk? You get a good verdict today, and there's four more unjust verdicts coming down the pipe from somewhere else. Beloved, if you, do not, if you do not keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and realize that the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, is on his way back, hate will consume you, which will impede the light of Christ from shining through you. There is no real justice on this side. Men are inherently depraved. They're sinners. They're without God. They're without the word. What do you expect? I'm not surprised. Oh, how could they? They're sinners. They're full of hell. They're hellish. Hellish people make hellish decisions. Let me transition. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? He uses very strong language against hate. Why? Let me give you a few of these. Number one, hate in the heart indicates that one does not have eternal life abiding in him or her through Jesus Christ. Hate in the heart indicates that one does not have eternal life abiding in the heart through Jesus Christ. The apostle John speaks so strongly against hate until it is tantamount to murder. It is actually tantamount to murder. He says, how do you know that? Because of the scripture. In 1 John 3, 5, it says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Hate is likened to murder. There are a lot of murderers under my voice. You don't have to shoot somebody in the head to murder. You can murder people with your hate. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Uh Uh-oh. Beloved, we cannot have fellowship with one another unless we have fellowship with Christ. John uses very strong language here. He is saying in this verse, if you hate anyone, you are a murderer and you do not have eternal life abiding in you, which means you are lost and a candidate for hell. I didn't say that. That's the Bible. Hate is deadly, disastrous. Dangerous. Maranatha's annual math and science camp for 3rd to 12th graders will be held on Saturday, July 31st from 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. This year's focus is careers. Join us for fun, hands-on learning demonstrations, work vehicle parade, and prizes, all for $5 per person. 
register on Maranatha's Facebook page. Secondly, why does John speak so strongly against hate? Help me, Holy Ghost. Hate becomes an internal stumbling block or obstacle within you and in your relationship with others. Hate becomes an internal stumbling block or obstacle within you and in your relationship with others. It hinders your spiritual growth. Hate hinders your prayer life. And hate also weakens your testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't even look like Christ. You're like somebody foreign to Christ. Folk can't see Christ through your hate. Don't expect them to. People know when you don't like them, and they know really when you hate them. Hate, it will also move you to cause others to stumble, which is a serious offense before the Lord when you go out of the way to cause others to stumble and fall. 1 John 2.10 says, whoever loves his brother remains in the light and there is no cause of stumbling in him. Thirdly, hate destroys relationships. It destroys everything in its path. It destroys your family. Hate destroys your marriage, your relationship with your children. Destroys friendships. It destroys coworkers. It destroys leadership in the church. It's devastating. It destroys relationships. Fourthly, hate makes you bitter, resentful, and angry. And I've never seen such an angry society. Kids are raging with anger. Young adults, married couples, anger is at epidemic proportion. And it all goes back to the root cause, which is hate. Number five, hate puts you into a self-made prison. You're in a prison and can't get out where you are held captive by your hate. And the person you hate goes on with their life without the knowledge that you even hate them. They just as happy and singing all over the place, don't have a care in the world, and you all bottle up with hate and they don't even know you hate them. You're killing yourself while the other person's free. Number six, hate distorts your thinking and blinds your eyes to the point that your whole life is filled with misdirection and confusion. You can't see straight. You can't sort through things. Your life becomes misdirected. You're confused and uh, you, you don't have clarity of mind. Hate will do that. Number seven, hate consumes and depletes your energy. There's something called stewardship of energy. You don't have eternal energy on this side. You only have so much energy. That's why you have to allocate it wisely in the Holy Spirit. I can't jump and, and be at everybody's game and be at everything that's going on with members in the church and outside the church. I'd be dead. And, and you know what? It takes a lot of energy to hate. It really does. That's something called stewardship of energy. You need to write that down. You have only so much energy. And the older you get, the less you have. Ask some of these old folk around here. They'll tell you. They can't do what they used to do when they were 40 and 35. Now, they might try. They messed themselves up. You know what hate does? It steals your joy. You can't laugh. You sit there, and when you laugh, they say, what's so funny? 
you, you dry, mean as you can be, lips all poked out, disgruntled. Your joy is gone. People are attracted to a church that's full of joy. Number nine, hate brings on physical illness. It brings physical illness upon you. What kind of illnesses? Hate brings on ulcers, headaches, fatigue. Hate brings on stress, high blood pressure, loss of sleep, depression. It hinders the healing process. It takes you much, much longer to heal because of hate, physically and spiritually. Number 10, hate causes you to implode and ultimately explode to the point that you will harm, get even, or even murder the person you hate. Let me say this again. Hate will cause you to implode and ultimately explode to the point that you will harm, get even, or even murder the person you hate. It was Anon who said, violent hatred sinks us below those we hate. You got to go low to hate. And God wants you to take the high road. You've been hurt. Take the high road. You've been lied on. Take the high road. You've been mistreated. Take the high road. Somebody owe you money. Take the high road. Somebody got mama's couch. Take the high road. Take the high road. Think high. Don't go low. Think high. And God will bless you because of your spiritual posture. Do I have a witness in the house? Number 11, hate will keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. Hate will keep you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And hate will keep you from reaching God's potential in Christ for your life. Your purpose go down the drain. Your destiny, your plan go down the drain. And all your potential fall by the wayside. This is why it is urgent that you forgive and let go. When are you going to let it go? For heaven's sake, let it go. For your own soul's sake, let it go. For your state of mind, let it go. For your state of well-being and physical health and spiritual health, let it go. In closing, you have absolutely nothing to gain from hate. There's not one positive thing you can gain from hate. But you do have everything to lose. So why, why are some of you so persistent in hating others? Beloved, if your heart is filled with hate, do you realize you are living in spiritual darkness and you are not ready to die if you are living in hate? You are in darkness and you're not ready to die. You must ask the Lord to remove the hate so that you can experience freedom in Christ because life is too short to be filled with hate. You, 
and listen to this statement. You never look more like Christ than when you love those who have hurt you deeply. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. I want to say it again because it went, everybody need to write this point down. You never look more like Christ than when you love those who have hurt you deeply. You never look more like Christ than when you love those who have hurt you deeply. I like that old song that says, we are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord, and we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by love. We will work with each other. We will work side by side and we'll guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, yes. They'll know we are Christians by our love. All praise to the Father from whom all things come. All praise to Christ Jesus, his one and only Son. And all praise to the Spirit who makes us one. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes. 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 They'll know we are Christians by our love. If you, excuse the English, ain't a Christian, it's because you don't have the life of God in you. You don't have the light of Christ in you, the life of Christ in you. and You don't have the love for your fellow man in you. Hate will blind you from coming to Christ. You must love with an unconditional, agape, sacrificial, Christ-like love, regardless of what people say of you. Let them talk, let them lie, let them do whatever they're going to do. You can't stop folk from gossiping and slandering and texting. You don't have enough energy. You can't follow up that kind of path. You drive yourself crazy. Just keep living for Jesus. Keep standing for Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And keep loving folk in spite of what they say, in spite of what they do, in spite of their attitude. God wants you emancipated, liberated, and in freedom for the sake of your wife, your children, your grandchildren, the Lord's church. 
And if you ain't free, you can't live the way God wants you to live. And all God's children say it. God bless you. And Father, we thank you for this message. John uses strong language because he knew the devastating effects of hate. And he laid out so clearly that it is tantamount to murder. And Father, I just wonder, are there any murderers in the house? Oh God! Slay the hate and the anger and the bitterness and the unforgiveness and the meanness and the arrogance and the pride and the dispositions that just make you sick. So folk can experience freedom in Christ. Liberation. Emancipation. So daddies can raise up their babies in a godly environment. We have so many ED families, emotionally disturbed families and children because the parents are emotionally disturbed and they label the children, but the parents need to label. Oh God! Help us to humble ourselves and let go and realize you will lengthen our lives if we turn loose that devastating stuff that has handcuffed us. That's why you brought people here. That's why they're listening on live stream. You expect more than they are delivering. May they come to you now. May they say, rescue me from my hate and my meanness in my ways, and my wretchedness. Rescue me from news and media and pundits that's got me all confused because I allow that stuff to take precedence over the Bible. Have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Even now we pray. And all God's children say The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.